Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the Black and White Podcast Season 3, back with another fresh podcast episode. If we haven't met yet, my name is Birch and typically I'm joined with the most incredible podcast co-host in the game. I mean, she's the illest and the realest, Mrs. Lauren Nicole Paul, but right now, homegirl is out in the wilds with a bunch of just women, business leaders, crushing it out here, learning and growing. We're in St. Louis, and I'm right now here in the hotel just thinking about you guys, thinking about capturing another podcast episode. And since I'm solo today, I figured I'd bring in a friend um, of our family to the podcast. And man, I'm excited for you guys to hear this conversation. Man, he is a believer, a father, a husband, a minister, an artist, songwriter. Man, he really does it all. He's got an incredible beard and a strong hat game. In the podcast, we got my friend Kier. Make some noise for him one time. There's people snapping and clapping all over, man. What's up, Kier? I'm so excited to be with you. I'm so proud of you and Lauren and excited for y'all and what you're doing. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Of course. Of course, man. Yeah, man, I'm excited to have you, brother. It's uh, it's been a couple of years uh, that you know since we've gotten to know each other, and I loved how it happened. It kind of happened through a mutual friend, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, I made a friend with a guy uh, named Nathan and Del Turco. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, we because we were used, I used to go to Charlotte, you know, to uh, record music for the first few years that I moved to Virginia, probably like multiple times a year. And um, a couple of people told me, there's this guy you need to know that's always in and out of Charlotte, and uh, his name is Kier. He's incredible. He's a worship leader. He's gifted. You need to know him. And with the people that we were recording with, they were also working on a project that you were working with, a church you were with at the time. And so I, I was just like, I think I texted you out of the blue, and I was like, yo, we need yeah. to link up. And uh, since there, it's since then it's been such a cool relationship. You've always encouraged me, inspired me. You've you've blessed my church and come and and, and lead worship for us and uh, wrote on one of our previous records. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, I just you've done so much for me, man. You've poured way more into you've me than I have ever poured into you, dude. And I just want to tell you, thank you, man. I'm 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 grateful you're in my life. You invited me to y'all's recording. When you didn't even know me, and like yeah, me yeah, and my family. yeah. So just we're we're really grateful for you guys, and you continue to be good friends to us, even with the distance, and we stay yeah. connected, and we really we're really grateful for y'all. Seriously, yeah, man, absolutely. Well, do we 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 love having you guys in our life, and love your love your wife, and you got some beautiful yeah. children. Hey, you know, um, take take about two minutes, just kind of give us like. What's happening in the world of Kier? Yeah. Talk about family, maybe ministry, some projects that's going yeah. on. Let our let our listeners know about you. A um, bit. So I'm Kier, uh, and in case you guys need to know how to pronounce the other name that you see, it's Kier Bajon. That's my middle name, but I use it yeah. as my musical or professional name. Um, I'm married to Marika yeah. Lindsay. That's my wife of six years. I love her so much, and uh, we have two kids, Nehemiah. And Esther Rose. Esther Rose is four. Nehemiah just turned two. 
and they are the light yeah. of our lives. They are turning our house upside down, and we love it so much. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, bro. We live here in North Carolina, uh, and I'm the central worship pastor, one of three at Celebration Church, which is based in Florida. Um, and so there's three of us tackling this this thing that a lot of times only one person does. And so we're having a good time with that. And um, yeah, I'm yeah. a songwriter. I'm a singer. Um, I'm a performer as well. I love theater and all of that. The arts is my life or the arts are my life. That's how, that's how I was just say that. The arts are my life. Um, yeah. But after all is said and done, after all is said and done, ministry, working in the kingdom, working in the Lord's church has always been a passion and um, just the number one assignment for me. So anything that comes yeah. in and out of my life, uh, ministry has been the thing that has kept my mind, kept me, kept my heart. And uh, with all the ups and downs of ministry, it remains the just the, the most enjoyable, most fulfilling thing that I've ever done in my life, other than marry my wife and have I kids. Love it. I love it, man. I love it, dude. Yeah, man. I, I love that. You know, you've got a, your hand in a lot of things. You know, from the songs that you write and you know your own personal music. But when it always came down to it, you're you're a local church yes. guy. I mean, to the point where like you're even because your church is is national. Mm -hmm. It's you know all over the region, and there's even um, you guys have locations that's like in Northern Virginia, that's a little closer mm -hmm. to us. And there's been times where you've connected us yeah. with people or, you know, you're helping those guys even find, you know, worship leaders and things like that, which is really cool. You know, it, it would be easy to kind of set up a comfortable situation and disengage mm -hmm. from like the grind of everyday local church ministry. Yeah. But you guys have definitely um, dug in and you're building people, you're leading leaders. You know, um, I love that because there's a, there's sometimes a misconception in, you know, local church ministry when, when you know, men and women are artists that they kind of just show up on Sunday, they kind of treat it yeah. like a gig and they dip yeah. out. But I love that you guys are ministers. You haven't, you haven't disengaged from leading the local church and probably in some ways, like you said, you're even doing more than most would expect. You're the central worship pastor. So you've got influence all over your mm -hmm. church. And uh, I just think, I think that's amazing, man. Um, what, what, for, for, for people who may not know like what it looks like, you know, for being an artist and being a worship pastor, what, what are some of the, the, the big um, things that are on your calendar from a, from a, a task to a project standpoint? Is it like, is it one-to-ones? Is it, you know, is it, you know, are you, creating events are you planning services what, what are all the things you're kind of getting literally your hands into? all that you just named um planning events not just planning events for here in north carolina but planning events in florida planning events in dc uh helping hire yeah. people um in in dc we just hired a worship leader in dc um relational oh, things a lot of cultural things we've been really the last couple of years focusing on that like rebuilding culture, uh, reestablishing culture, um, mentoring, coaching, um, planning services, uh, planning yeah, hangouts, um, you know, just pastoring uh, people. Yeah. And that looks different every day, as you know. It can look different every day. And, Absolutely. Uh, I think that's one of the things that I love about what we get to do is 
it is an adventure. And you can't really predict yeah. day to day what's going to happen, but your posture is to be ready to tackle the day and know that you're tackling the day with Jesus and Holy Spirit and whatever comes, yeah. you got it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. man. I love that. I love that, man. It's great. You you don't have a shortage of things to do. That's for you're, sure. You're, going, you're reaching outside <laughs> of, of what your assignment and role is sometimes, too. We we kind of yeah, streamlined that a little bit, but still, we reach across the aisles. Like, if tech needs something, if production needs something, if Pastor Tim is doing something, he needs help with something, whatever it is, like, we are like, yeah, we're here to serve each other and we're here to serve the church. So that's what we do. Absolutely. It's beautiful, man. I love that. I love that. One of the other things I love about you um, where um, I probably gleaned so much uh, wisdom and, from just following you is um, has been some of the ways that, um, and, and I, I, I wouldn't say that you would call yourself necessarily an activist, but I would say that you are a person who is very vocal in the social space, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the, in the world, yeah. you know, um, everything from uh, really being a thought leader on, in, in my opinion, on things of f- where faith meets politics and social issues, and even just the way that we interact and, and engage people on social media. I've always seen you do it in such a way that I feel like, man, I that seems like something that I would mm. want to say. It's it's strong enough to challenge people, but it's it's uh, engaging and welcoming enough to not push people away. And I think no matter what you do or no matter what you say, something is always going to offend. But I've I've watched your life, and it doesn't come across that you're trying to offend people or trying to hurt people's feelings or trying to make people feel small. You're actually just trying to help teach them how to think. You know, you can you can give a man a fish. And feed them for a day, or you can teach them to fish, and you can feed them for a lifetime. And I think that's similar in the way that you help lead some thinking. It's not that this is what you need to do. This is here's a way to think about this. And I've always found um, that to be very interesting about you. you, because you're 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 not necessarily a person that would find themselves typically, you know, engaging on their social media in that way. But it seems like you've done so without a lot of fear and a lot, a lot of, not a, not a lot of necessarily anxiety, or I could just be seeing you being confident, but it could be something that's extremely ner- nerve wracking for yeah. you. Yeah. It you kind of hit that on the, 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 the nail on the head. It's something that I'm very passionate about. I would say that I, I as far as social media, I haven't always been as passionate about it openly. Uh, but I would say about, about eight, eight, maybe nine, seven, eight, nine years ago, it became something that I felt convicted by, by the Holy Spirit. Um, by, I lived my life that way. And I saw so much turmoil and, and, you know, back and forth. And it's like, I felt the tug to like, share, 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 share what you're thinking, share your heart on this, because I can trust your heart on this. Because like you said, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm not trying to throw anybody in the mm-hmm. dirt. Um, but I am trying to strike a nerve in the same sense. Um, and I'm trying to get your attention Absolutely. to help not, not necessarily teach or direct you in a way of thinking, but share my heart on it and 
what I believe about it and even share what I believe that the Lord believes about it and what our Bibles say about things of justice and oppression and all that stuff. Um, and as you said, I'm not always 100% confident in posting something, but I am 100% confident that I am wanting to glorify God and wanting to edify people. Yeah. And so that I know once yeah. those things are in place, whatever I'm saying and if I'm praying, because I try to pray before I post anything, I ain't always uh, been that way. Yeah. <laughs> I used to just go see uh, something and yeah. say it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I've deleted yeah. many yeah. of the posts because of that. But, I mean, I haven't deleted a post in years um, out of confidence that I was being edifying to the kingdom uh, and, and edifying to mm. people. Um, but I know that has still offended people. I know for sure that it has still offended people. Um, but also so, it yeah. struck some really amazing conversations that don't always have like this movie, movie script resolve, but it pushes right. forward a little bit. And so that's enough for yeah. me. Yeah, man, that's, that's great. I, I love that. And, um, you know, something you said, you know, you're, you're hoping that it glorifies God and that it edifies people. Something that our pastor just said this past Sunday in our in one of his messages, he was saying about posting, like, you got to ask yourself the question, am I, is this right? Like, am I correct about this? And you also got to ask yourself the question, is this mm -hmm. helpful? Because a lot of times people are trying to be right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes even though it's right, doesn't mean it's actually helping right. anybody. And I think that's such a unique lens to look at what I have to say, especially in a medium that there's, you can't always read tone, you can't always yeah. elaborate. You, can, you know, sometimes people will elaborate with, you know, a long yeah. post, but, you know, sometimes you can't always really get all of your intentions behind what you have to say because a lot of what you're speaking from or about is coming from a perspective that is that is as old as right. you are you know it's it's uh, it's my story it's my it's my life it's my experiences that are all wrapped into these 140 mm -hmm. characters however i don't always get the chance to give everybody the full picture of who i am when they're hearing yeah. this sometimes they're just getting that little bit of a soundbite so it's i think it's very wise to ask man am i glorifying god with this and I'm, am, am I edifying people? I think that's very yeah. wise, Kier. Yeah. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, you know, especially in this space, there's a lot um, of division in our world, and there's a lot of division in our church, I think, as mm -hmm. well, too. And uh, one of the things that um, I always am trying to put in the front of, forefront of my mind is, is the prayer that Jesus prayed that in the garden, that he prayed that we would be one, like he and the Father wow. are one. And I don't think that it necessarily means that we have to be uh, uniform in ideals on every aspect, right. but I do think there are some areas where it's helpful for us to at least see the perspective from, from another person's side. A lot of those issues are in issues of race. Yeah. And um, in America, that has a, uh, a very dark history, right that um, many want to run away from, there's a lot of things that we have to face, especially when it comes to engaging 
African Americans, uh, Hispanic Americans, any any person um, of a, of a different color of skin than a white person when it comes to race and right. faith. So, w- what do you think um, people of faith tend to miss when it comes to those types of issues in the yeah, church? I, I think for me, I, I believe that we miss opportunities to connect with God. We miss opportunities to connect with ourselves deeper, and we miss opportunities to connect mm. with other people. Our, I mean, basically, our brothers and our sisters, really. Um, we miss opportunities yeah. to, to connect, to get to know, to get to know God, to get to know ourselves more, and to get to know other people. Yeah. And I think that's a part, like you said in the beginning, God wanted us to be one with Him, and the way that we can exercise that here is to be one with each other, not all agreeing 100% on everything, not seeing uh, everything from this exact same perspective, but being able to take those right. things and meet somewhere where, I won't even say in the middle, but meet somewhere where we feel like God is getting the glory out of this, you know, whatever that is. Yeah. If that means that your thinking on this issue has clearly been a thorn and like cause a lot of destruction and you need to stop that and you need to actually mm. listen to what we're saying over here or I'm saying over here and thinking this way is going to heal you, you know, like completely dropping that right. or whether we're saying like, Oh, you make sense. You make sense. You make sense. And as we're saying, you make sense. We see we're getting closer, we're getting closer. And then we come to this point of, ah, okay. I see. Like I'm, I'm not all the way there yet. I'm still working on it, but I see you. I love you. And because of that, I'm getting to see God some more. And I love God. And I'm getting to see myself mm. some more. Like see some of those hidden places mm. that I've had, those blind spots. Because we all have them, no matter what race, no matter what color, no matter what age yeah. we are. We all have blind spots. And if we can see our blind spots, we get to know ourselves deeper. And so I, I, I just feel like those three things, God, ourselves, and other people, uh, we're missing those opportunities mm. to to further relationship with God, ourselves, and other people. Yeah. I feel like what you're saying, too, is, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is the biggest hurdle to overcome is probably the ability to listen. Yes. Because that doesn't, it's, it's really hard to get that perspective from you that, man, I'm understanding you more and I'm kind of seeing God in a, in a new way. It's really hard to get that perspective if I'm not listening yeah. to what you have to say. Why, why do you think that's one of the biggest hurdles right now in maybe in the discourse between, you know, uh, people, uh, maybe the thoughts are so polarized because what they're watching or consuming, what, what, make, what, what makes that part so difficult? Uh, so I think people. what makes that part so difficult is the fact that, you know, it's not just the communication is not just us talking back to each other. The communication is us talking, mm. us texting, us posting a meme, us doing a video on social media, mm. the news of our pulpits. Like there's so many mm. different things to listen to and. Sure. Some people are saying the same thing, but different ways. So that gets confusing. Some people are saying the same thing, but with different yeah. levels of, of, um, 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 uh, Augusto, Augusto, you know, like some people are yelling yeah. it, some yeah. people are whispering and it's like, it's just so sure. many different levels sure. and things to listen to. So that gets frustrating. So when you're like, okay, I don't even want to hear what you're saying. These are my thoughts. And so, um, 
that ability to listen, I think it's a commitment that we all have to make individually to like, today I'm going to listen. And that's not just to each other, but yeah. today I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit. Because we drown the Holy Spirit out of yeah. bunch, you know, with our own thoughts and our own yeah. preferences. And Man, that's a word so right today there. I'm going to listen to you, Holy Spirit. Today I'm going to hear you. And I'm going to listen for you like loudly. And I'm going to listen to you like as I'm looking out the window and I don't know a bird. But I'm going to listen. I'm going to pay attention so that yeah. I can hear everybody else that's going to communicate with me today or any other oh, communication man, that's, so that's going to come across. I want to hear it through the filter of the Holy Spirit. That's so good, man. That is so yeah. important because if we are not... Um, allowing ourselves to walk by the spirit. You know, we're, we're both musicians and you more you know, than I, some of you might <laughs> stop playing, man. Stop playing. Listen, mo, mo, and we, um, some of you who are musicians might understand this. Some of you won't, but like when we record music or play music live, we use what's called a mm. metronome. And, uh, it's, it's like this little clicking sound and, you know, you could set it to a certain tempo or beats per minute. And so that just means that essentially like, like how a clock ticks, you know, a, a clock essentially ticks to, you know, uh, 60 beats per minute. So there's every second there's a beat. And so we have it for different tempos, fast songs, slow songs. The thing about playing music is sometimes, you know, one person is playing, could play a little fast. One person could play a little slow. One person sits behind the beat a little bit. Somebody's pushing it. But when we all play with the click track or the, t the metronome in our in-ear monitors or we record to it, we all are playing to that same mm -hmm tempo and allows us to sync up with the band to sound tight you know that i feel like the holy spirit is the ultimate yeah. metronome for yeah. believers that if we would allow ourselves to walk in step with the holy spirit not not getting ahead not not falling behind but walking in step with the holy spirit you know walking with the click track walking on tempo man we can hear some yeah. things way more clearly and be way more tight as a community, way more tight as a mm -hmm. church. If we allowed ourselves to first and foremost be led by the Holy Spirit. And if I know that the that the the fruit of the Spirit is love and yeah. peace and patience and and kindness and gentleness, self-control, then that means that when a person has a genuine experience of hurt or or frustration, then my natural inclination is going to be, let me be patient with mm -hmm. this person and hear them out instead of trying to rush them through their healing or rush them through their transformation. It's like, that's not what the, walking with the spirit requires me to be gentle in my words yeah. with people. Walking with the spirit requires me to have love and compassion for somebody. And it allows me to hear them through the proper yeah. lens. And I love that, man. I love that. We, we do need to listen to each other. We really do need to listen to each other. If you're getting value out of this podcast so far, hit the like button on YouTube. Go ahead and follow us on Spotify and Apple Music to never miss one. This has been incredible conversation so far. We've got so much more up ahead. What, what's it like for you um, being a, you know, as we said, you're, you're in the church, you're, you're like engaged. And um, a lot of times, depending on, for instance, on social media, what you post, you know, you can kind of look at a person's Facebook page and you can kind of like, <laughs> you, you kind of know who they are. We don't um, like to believe however, that. 
you know. Yeah, you can just say, it's just social media, but you can look at a person's social media and get a gist of what they're about, how they think, and how they communicate. Absolutely. 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 And, and you know, I, I tend to notice that people are a little bit more, um, there, there can be a lot more um, venom on social media. Um, a, somebody might feel inclined to write something that might be inspirational. And there's, there's the, um, I call them the keyboard gangsters who are out there, you know, just typing away and they're like coming after right. people. And um, they, they, may, they may never say a word to you in public. Um, but there are times where people are kind of get offended or hurt by things. And somebody who has a platform, you know, you have to like consider that so much. Mm-hmm. You got to think, all right, what's somebody going to think? What's these people going to say? Um, what's it like for you being in a local church where you're, you're not just like a public figure speaking to people and you never really interact with people from the other side of that perspective on a regular basis? They're in your church front row, second row, back row, in the mm-hmm. foyer every Sunday. How, what's that like for you as a person? Do you feel like there's a lot of pushback? Do you feel like there's a, an, a willingness to accept parts of that message? Mm-hmm. How, how do you feel um, you're responded yeah. to? Um, and does that make it difficult or challenging to be a person that speaks out on a regular yeah. basis? Well, I don't know if you or anybody else acknowledges the Enneagram, but I am a solid nine. We, oh, listen, if Mrs. Paul was here, she would have already been saying your Enneagram. She knows exactly. Yeah, she knows it like a I'm book. A Absolutely. Absolutely. So I actually despise conflict. I'm still trying yeah. to learn how to work through conflict sometimes. So that couples, interestingly, with posting uh, controversial things about race or racism or anything like that. Um, so somewhere in me, I hate it a lot. But I remember mm-hmm. before making my first post ever on Facebook, <laughs> um, it was I forgot what it was about, but it was about something about this. Um, and I was like, okay, you know, as soon as you post it, your inbox, your comment, <laughs> your oh, phone. Yeah. Someone oh, yeah. at the church might want to meet, like, be yeah. ready. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. as soon as I did, of course, that's what happened. And so, again, I'm mindfully on the Holy Spirit, but um, just practically speaking, I realized that if, just like in multiple scriptures, when Jesus calls for justice, I mean, you got Amos, when he says, I want oceans of justice. You have Jeremiah 22, 3, when yes. he says, do justice. Do justice means I have to do something yeah. about it. I have to say something. I have to do something. Yeah. Um, and even in oh, Isaiah, yeah. when it says, learn to seek justice and correct oppression, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, this has nothing to do with my personality. This has everything to do with my walk with Christ. And a part of my walk with Christ yeah. is to contribute to the fight, to do justice, to correct oppression. Yeah. And sometimes... Yeah, man. What that looks like is saying something on Facebook. We, we, we don't think that that goes far sometimes, but it plants seeds a, a lot of the time. And so it's a part of who I yeah, am man. as a believer. It's a part of who I am as a leader in God's church and a leader in general. And so I'm just going to lean into the discomfort of it because it's, I promise you, everything I post, I get like hundreds of direct messages. Or I'll get, if they have my number, I'll get a text mm. message like, Hey, I just 
just wanted to talk about what you posted or, hey, next Wednesday at 10 a.m., can you meet at my place, um, Union Coffee, downtown Greensboro, if you ever hear, check it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> shout out, yeah. Um, like, I just prepare my mind to have to engage with that. And, of course, I don't have to engage with all of that because some of it is disrespectful. Some of it is people just wanting to argue or whatever. But a lot of it sure. is people wanting to actually or like taking, taking the challenge and saying, okay, I want to talk more or I want to share with you. Like I, I've yeah. posted some things sometimes and uh, someone I know said, okay, I don't talk about this, but one of my family members was a high leader in the clan. And this is how I was raised. Mm. This, this is what, these are the wow. thoughts. This is what I've had to work through. Wow. This is where I am. So it's like, that's enough for me to be like a pat on the back from somebody and mm. to say, keep, keep posting this stuff with the right intention and the right heart. Um, and Correct. watch God water some of the seeds that you're planting. And so I just lean into the discomfort amazing. of it. Um, and I hope for the best because sometimes, okay, man, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd love to, for you to speak maybe a little bit more on that because I think maybe somebody listening or watching this podcast right now might feel like they have a voice and they want to share things, but they know about the areas uh, of discouragement that are going to mm -hmm. come. They know somebody's not going to like it. Someone's going to be offended. And I think you can always kind of count on that. But they might be shortchanging the victories that they might be able to experience it, do you have any, like, maybe one practical example of a time uh, where, like, man, I this is a, an area where I was able to build a bridge instead of put up a wall with Yeah, somebody. man. First, I will just say, for those people who might feel that, and those are real feelings and very valid feelings because mm -hmm. no one wants to uproot their lives and their mm -hmm. peace by entering into something as fiery as that discussion can be, as this discussion can be. But I'd love to say and remind you that victory comes after a fight. Victory comes after work. Victory yeah. comes after sacrifice. Victory comes after... That's a word. Um, That's a word. Victory comes after even losing something. So that sometimes means i got to lose even a small percentage of my mm. peace to get this victory. Yeah, man. And I don't think yeah, that man. we like to acknowledge that enough is that, first of all, Jesus, Jesus is like, hey, come on, sacrifice, sacrifice. And, come on, come and on. one of my favorite speeches. Y'all better listen, man. Kier's talking to you. You had better listen. He's talking to us right now. One of come my on. favorite scriptures is Romans eight seventeen. It says, if we are children, we are also heirs of Christ. And we are not only heirs yeah. of his glory. But we're heirs of his glory, uh, provided that we share in his suffering. And Jesus suffered a lot mm -hmm. for calling out basically the crap. Jesus suffered a lot for calling for justice and for uprooting systems and, and metrics of uh, partiality and all that stuff. And so that's a part of our walk. That's a part of our walk. And... So we got to suffer a little bit. We can't keep running from the from sacrifice and suffering. Mm -hmm. But I'll stop with that right there. Some of the breakthrough I've seen is even with so that good. story that I was just saying about um, who, who's a friend of mine. Uh, mm -hmm. His family was a part. 
of the clan. And, you know, we don't talk every day. We don't. And I want to share this one specifically because it's not like your Disney ending, but it's more of a we're connected. We have we've had plenty of hard conversations. We still do have hard conversations sometimes when he doesn't agree with me. or I don't agree with him. Um, But it's never, ever. And this is years of relationship. We've never like raised our voice, had to yell and, um, you know, um, talk down at each other. It's been disagreement, but it's been godly disagreement where we go away and we connect again and we talk some more and we make some headroom. Um, I don't hate him. He Mm -hmm. doesn't hate me. I love him. He loves me. There's a relationship. If we see each other, we're hugging and like, how are you? Like, there's yeah. still connection. And if there's anything that this That's great. conversation or this topic of race and um, oppression and all that can cause is disconnection. And we are not, Man, we don't need it. to be disconnected from each other. If a body is disconnected, that means something is broken. That means something is in mm-hmm. pain. And of course there is some, disconnection that we're trying to repair from generations before but i don't feel like my assignment is to disconnect with people like i'll disconnect in the way of i won't let you into my space and cause a bunch of chaos i don't have to talk with you every day i don't have to talk to you at all on social media we don't have to follow each other on social media but sure i'm not going to count you as dead to me I'm not going to do that. Absolutely. And I feel like once we do that, once we act like a person doesn't exist, once they, they, they're not mentioned in our prayers or they never cross our minds at all, or they just, they're dead to us. Then we have disconnected. And I don't feel like for me, disconnection is something that God has called me to. Now I will distance yeah. myself from you, but I, you're not dead yeah. to me. If you're walking around and you're alive, I don't feel like that. Jesus right. would call for me to do that. So, me and him, him are friends, and we still don't see eye to eye on some things, but we talk. I respect him. Um, it, yeah. That love is still there, and I think that's important to know that you can disagree with someone. That's important. Um, and still connect with them. Again, I'm not promoting staying in some kind of friendship or relationship that is totally draining you and bringing you to your demise and like causing even mental... Um, issues, any of that. I'm not, I'm not promoting that at all. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is it doesn't have to be that way. Um, I think sometimes we get to that point because we're not mm-hmm. sacrificing, you know, equally and we just wear ourselves out. But I say that to say he and I are friends. I still have his number. I'll text him every now and then and we're connected. Um, even though we're still working through things and still having conversations and still have different views, like solid different views on different things. Um, I still love them. And that's been a victory for me is just to walk through some things with people. I have a lot of other ones too, but uh, that's definitely been one for me. Man, that's great. That's great, man. I love that. We might be distant, but you don't have to be dead to me. That is definitely something that I can put into practice right away because there are a lot of people who we will disagree with. <laughs> and But you know what? We can. I'm going to see that person in heaven one day 
I'm gonna see if, if they if they love Jesus mm-hmm. and they are they are a blood bought, you know, saved by grace, you know, follower mm-hmm. of Christ. Then at some point there's got to be at as much as it depends on me, live at peace with all people. And all so it's not always gonna be, yeah, it's not always gonna be that we're in this we're in the same space. Peace doesn't always mean that you and me got to be homies and we're playing basketball every weekend and we carpool to work. It just means that there's still a, sh- a shred of unity that's based on the blood of yeah. Jesus. But some of these, you know, areas that we disagree on might not not allow us to not not allow us to always see, because we don't see the world the same way. It doesn't mean that we can always live in the same space. It's just the reality Absolutely. of certain things. I, I think that's I think that's important because you know back in 2020 I was just thinking about it as you were saying this because. 2020 was um, probably um, the straw that broke the camel's back of division in this country. It didn't start division in this country or in the church, but it was probably the shining light of that um, because we're in such a technological age where there's phones everywhere and cameras everywhere. And um, I was thinking back to the murder of George Floyd. And um, I actually, like, last night got on my phone and I was, like, trying to remember where I was. It was Memorial Day or Memorial Day weekend. And I remember um, just being floored by what I was watching on social media, on TV. Um, You know, just the utter uh, disregard for life, Mm -hmm. um, you know, of, of a of a man just being completely in broad daylight in front of dozens of people, millions because of this, the yeah. camera, just being, uh, his life being snatched from him. And of course, you know, um, that year also, we we're talking about Breonna Taylor oh, and a host of others, Ahmaud Arbery. Like, I mean, just like life after life after life after life being taken. And this is one of the areas that for many of us, seems pretty cut and dry. Seems very clear to see what's taking place here, but it is one of those areas that causes uh, a polarized thinking. Um, there's a dichotomy in how people see things, the way I look at it, you know, the way that I, the way that I, um, I see the same video as someone mm-hmm. else, and the way they see it is one way, and the way I see it is, is completely different. It, it still blows my mind. And um, I think no matter who you are, you're going to see things a little bit differently than than anybody. But a lot of times, uh, I think in the in the in the Christian faith, many people are um, seeing uh, this world through a a lens that's either um, extremely one way or extremely the other way. For instance, I might have a extremely conservative perspective. And so I see everything through that lens of conservatism, you know, believer or, or unbeliever. I might, I might have a, a liberal perspective, no matter, uh, depending on where I was raised, how I grew up, what city I live in. And I see everything in this world through a liberal perspective. Um, I mean, everything from my money to social issues to schools, what have you. I see it all through that lens. And I... Th- I think, and I, I could be speaking for others where I, where I should not be, but I think many people in our world 
see their, their every issue in their world in a bipartisan Absolutely. way. Even for people of faith, we look at things through the lens of our politics. And I just feel like um, I've seen too many people allow their choices become too simplistic, yeah. where they might be extremely complex. For instance, like the issues of how people vote. I mean, it's not even a topic that many are comfortable speaking about in non-political situations. Mm -hmm. It's taboo at the water cooler. You don't talk, you know, the only place you can talk about it is like at the polling place and the barbershop sometimes, you know what I'm saying? You don't bring it up at family dinner, all these things, you know? And um, however, because some of these things aren't dialogued about, people have these prevailing thoughts that might be kind of Mm -hmm. toxic or just uninformed and they go into voting booths or they go into situations where they think about it so simplistic and might be mixing the complexity. And maybe I'm wrong. Like, do you, do you feel the way that a Christian is, 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 would vote or see things is a simple choice or do you see it as a complex choice? And, and why, why is that? I think it's certainly, certainly, certainly a thousand times more complex than a left and right thing. Honestly, the left and right thing is annoying to me personally because, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't mind saying Mm -hmm. me as a voter, I look at things on both sides of the tracks because there's literally things on both sides of the tracks that make sense. That Honestly, if they were together, would make even more sense. Um, Absolutely. So, as for me in my house, we vote, you know, in a sense, we vote not one way is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah. yeah. But I think another thing to to think about is how once before, because when you think about, you know, the left, people think black people. When you think about the right, people think white conservatives. There was a one uh, time mm-hmm. where that was flipped and completely, completely flipped, right? Yep. And so for me, yeah. and this is just some thoughts, this is not end all be all, as a black person, that who is a believer as well, to me, that says, it, it just feeds into the, the truth that America's systems and stuff, it's not, there's not anything that's really been constructed with my best um, um, mm. interest at mind. Anyway, so yeah. I'm not just over here like I'm black and I trust all democratic things. Absolutely not. And I feel like as a white person who I cannot speak for because I am not white, knowing that it was split (laughs) would also have me thinking, gosh, I kind of, I kind of, even though things might suck sometimes, I kind of win anyway at the end of the day because things have always Mm -hmm. been in my favor. You know, and so yeah. if people are thinking soberly on those two things, I feel like that's just like conversation right there. That's just like an ocean of justice and, and grace uh, that Amos was talking about. Just like thinking like, oh, gosh, man, this is this is deep. And if I go even further yeah. back and I think about slavery and I think about and this is me thinking from script, not just as a American citizen, but as a Christian 
um, who is American and who, who serves Jesus. Absolutely. Like, I'm thinking like, wow, um, when I think about pastors and, and faith and how it was, how it was given to black people on the plantations from a slave Bible mm-hmm. that taught them only to, to serve their masters and that they were less than, and, um, that this, mm-hmm. this was the quality of life promised to them. Um, like think, mm-hmm. just thinking about moving from slavery, you move on forward to like Jim Crow and you move, you move on some more. You think about just mm-hmm. all the things, civil rights, just, this is more com- complex than a left and a right thing because Absolutely. a person of color is living in, as far as America in, well, really in a world, honestly, but in America, in a place where there's always been the world against them, you know, and, and that's mm-hmm. the truth. And sometimes that's thought yeah. of as a crutch and sometimes it's used as a crutch. But the truth is still the truth yeah. is that everything has always been for the demise and for the oppression of people of color, specifically black people here in America. And I mean, that's as mm-hmm. recent as Ruby Bridges. What it was 1954 when she um, desegregated schools in America. She was the first black child to do it. Yeah. My mother-in-law lives with us and she was born in the 1950s. So it's like, I'm directly well, connected yeah. to that. That is yesterday in sense of time. If you, if you go over to France or any other place overseas, they have thousands and thousands of years of structures and buildings and artifacts. We're talking about 1954 when the first black oh person integrated schools yeah. in the South. Like, this is still fresh. So as we're doing this, as we're Absolutely. voting, as we're thinking about candidates and all that stuff, I feel like we have to be willing to sacrifice in some ways. And I know this, this is, gosh, it's so much more. It's so complex that we can't even discuss it, really it in is, five man. minutes and get it. But it, re- it really like, is. I, I got to think outside of myself. I got to think about everybody. I need to think about white people, black people, any kind of people. I need to think about generations. Like the, the division and racism is so fresh and still so strong in, in the United States. Everything I'm doing, everything I'm saying, I might not even see it to come it come to fruition in my lifetime. And that does sadden me a little mm-hmm. bit because I'm like, dang, like I would love to see this down here. But it could happen in my children's lifetime or my grandchildren's lifetime or whenever before Jesus comes back. So it's like it's still worth the fight, even if I don't get to see it. And um, I just think it's more complex. And everybody who's listening, America is more complex than left and right. There are so many things and systems and institutions that we don't know the Mm -hmm. truth about or that we don't know the full um, uh, mission about. All these different things uh, and things that happen right under our noses that we need to lean deeper into. Don't be afraid to sacrifice some of your peace um, for greater peace. Because at the end of this, at the end of our fight, at the end of the sacrifice and all of that, I believe that the Lord wants to give us so much peace and joy. And that is the path. Because, again, Romans eight seventeen, if we're going to share in the glory 
and all that stuff. We got to share in the suffering. Mm-hmm. So we got, we keep trying to absolutely go another path, and the path to Jesus includes some suffering. The path with Jesus includes yes. sacrifice and a loss of comfort. Um, and you know, I don't have yeah. a problem with saying for my white brothers and sisters, don't be afraid to lose some comfort and lose some peace, um, mm-hmm. and and yeah, share man. some of that because there's a lot to share of that as well. And I believe that Jesus um, rewards those of you who are willing to see the world as the world is and see America as America is and love on people um, that are not white and see, see them and hear their stories and see the realities and um, receive even more peace and receive even more comfort than you've ever, ever known before. But it does, it does need to happen. I don't even know about answering your question, but man that's you you did man and it was fantastic it was an amazing answer and honestly bro i feel like we have gotten such a elevated perspective from this conversation with you and i know those who are listening are getting a lot of value out of this and i just want to tell you thank you man uh kier if if our listeners want to follow you see what you're into what's the best way that uh they can keep yeah, up with so you? i'm on instagram facebook um, Twitter sometimes, and it's all Kier Bajorn, K-I-E-R-R-E-B-J-O-R-N on all platforms. And I'd love to connect with you. Um, I am more about, I mean, I am about more than just race and all that stuff, but know that that is an integral part of who I am. And I am convicted in my heart Absolutely. to share and walk with people along that journey as much as I can in addition to the music and my family and other hobbies and all that stuff. So don't be ran away by that. Know that yeah. my heart is for you. <laughs> Absolutely. So good, man. Thank you, Kier, so much for joining us on the Black and White Podcast. We would love to get to know you. Send us a DM on Instagram or maybe send us an email. You can reach out to both Lauren and I on Instagram at my name is Birch. And at Lauren Nicole Paul, you can email us at birchandlauren at gmail.com. We'd love to hear some, uh, maybe some ideas for a future episode or maybe just some of your feedback on how some of these episodes are blessing you. Thank you guys again for joining us. It's been an amazing conversation with Kier. We can't wait to hear what you think about it. Reach out to us. Anyway, thank you again for joining us. My name is Birch. This is my man, Kier. And we're out of here. Take Bye. care, everybody.